0: Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Jill Harding, and you're listening to I've Got a Feeling, the podcast where we discuss what grounds us, what makes us feel alive, what fuels our hearts, and ultimately what brings us each to flourishing. On this podcast, I have conversations with friends I've known for ages, people I've only just met, and people who inspire me by how they demonstrate flourishing, at least from my vantage point. The guests on this show are from a wide variety of backgrounds, belief systems, and life experiences, and I hope that from these interviews, you gain a sense of the breadth of unique examples of what flourishing can look like, and take these ideas as inspiration to discover how you might create wellness and flourishing in your own life. Hey friends, welcome back to I've Got a Feeling podcast. Today on episode three, we welcome Alana Litvok. She is... Such a darling, lovely person, and one of the brains that helped me to form this podcast. I brainstormed quite a lot with her leading up to the first episode on how to shape the questions I'd be asking, what I wanted to fully get out of it at the end. And she is someone that, from outside perspective at least, pretty much always looks like she's flourishing. And in our conversation today, I think you'll hear that even when we aren't flourishing like others might think we are, or when we feel like we're in seasons of low flourishing, that the way that we're responsive to ourselves in those moments actually is building flourishing and wellness in our lives. So welcome back for episode three, and we hope you enjoy. Hello, Alana. Hello. Welcome. Thank you so much. Um, This is my friend Alana, as I said in the intro, and I am very excited. Alana was one of the first people to help me dream out what this podcast might look like, which is very exciting um, to dream together with a friend. And I really wanted to have Alana come as one of my first guests, primarily for a couple reasons. One is she's getting ready to move (laughs) and I wanted to see her in real life in person and secondly because Alana is someone that for many of us we can see her grasp of and lust for life in a large and beautiful way and I think that even in moments where she doesn't feel maybe like she's accessing flourishing for herself I think she still inspires others to reach towards flourishing. And so I wanted to talk to you, Alana, about kind of the season of life you're in, but also what choices you've made along the way to move towards health and wellness and goodness and enjoyment for yourself. Well, first of all, thank you for that
1: lovely intro. It feels so special to be here. Um, Honestly, I, in this season of life, I'm not really flourishing. I, there are a few constants, like my friends and my family and my support system that always make me feel like I'm lucky um, and healthy and happy because of those support systems in place. But right now, things have been better. Um, I recently lost my job, I recently got out of a relationship, um, had some health problems, etc. Now facing moving to a new city. Um, So just a lot of big changes coming up.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think we'll get into this more, but you you kind of just brought out something that I wanted to touch on anyway, which is we often can confuse flourishing with like success, Mm -hmm. successful relationship, successful job, Mm, whatever. And I think that sometimes that is a part of it, but also it can exist even in the midst of some downturns, I think, in other areas. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering for you, like, what does flourishing even mean? Or what might flourishing look like for you? What would it feel like, do you think?
1: I think that this question, if you ask me, Six months ago, I'd have a different answer. If you asked me six months from now, I'd have a different answer. But right now, presently flourishing to me would feel like a sense of stability Mm. and maybe not physical stability. Um, But again, just kind of feel like being on the move and having so many changes and so many things up in the air makes it easy to feel like I'm dangling there, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of hanging by a thread and just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, and so right now for me, flourishing looks like maintaining the relationships that I have spent so many years nurturing, old and new, um, and finding a career path that I'm happy with and not dating. <laughs> <laughs> flourishing would me for me, would be staying single for a very long time, I think. Mm. Um, but I think flourishing is something that I'm working towards right now. I think, One of the things that always helps me in my lowest lows, my highest highs, is moving my body, Um, staying active. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I'm a marathon runner, doesn't mean I'm a CrossFit girl, but just getting out and moving. Yoga has, without a doubt, saved my life many a time. Not to be dramatic, it has pulled me out of some of the worst times. And so I'm kind of just, I'm definitely not in one of my worst periods of life right now, but... Paying a lot of attention to the physical to maybe get the mental back on track.
0: Yeah, what is it about the physical that feels like it brings that out? Well,
1: one, just endorphins in general, oh, yeah. we know that moving your body is good for you, but it gives me a kind of a sense of control, at least in the moment, at least for that hour or hour and a half, if I'm in a class or at the gym, I'm in charge of what I'm doing with my body mm-hmm. and the ways I get to make it move. And then remembering, you know, the times that I haven't been able to move in the ways I've wanted to or the muscles that have been sore or the bones that break and really taking for granted at those times mobility. And so Mm. now having the autonomy to take myself, even if it's early and it's raining, it's cold, to get my ass to the gym or into a vinyasa class and take myself out of whatever cloud I've been existing under just that time to focus on me and move my body. And I get joy from that joy that doesn't have to do with conversation or success or productivity, but more just like getting to move. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm like already inspired to see if that will, I've never been really into a lot of movement and I have always felt I should, but I feel like that's something that I've been thinking about a lot more And it's interesting to hear a perspective like that, that it, it's not necessarily the outcome, Mm -hmm. but in fact, like the choice and like the ability to choose it, that, that connects you to flourishing. Mm -hmm.
1: Something I shared with Jill off mic is that I also have an extensive experience with mental health care and therapy and was raised by two social workers and therapists myself. Um, And so during CBT, um, cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy, one of the, I'm really, I'm very mantra based. And Mm -hmm. so one of the mantras I learned right away that did help me when I was in one of my worst lows is action before motivation. And I was always Mm. told it doesn't work for everyone. And I know that, but if I sat and waited around to feel motivated to do whatever it is I want to do, that day will never come. So action before Mm -hmm. motivation. And like you said, it kind of relates to, it's not the outcome, it's just the fact that I'm there. It's just the action of being there and getting out of the house and doing something with myself is a success in itself. And it doesn't matter if I'm moving for 15 minutes or an hour, or if I take a walk around the neighborhood, I've done something and that in itself
0: is a success and that's flourishing. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting to think about how flourishing looks so different in different seasons because I'm coming out of a season where flourishing to me was giving myself permission to not care Mm -hmm. about that at all Mm -hmm. because I had lifelong felt a pressure to be moving, be Mm -hmm. moving as a plus size person. You should be moving. You should be, you should be pursuing this because it's for your best health. Mm -hmm. And I, Gave myself permission to stop caring for a couple years, at least. Maybe most of COVID. And that was flourishing to me. Yeah. It was probably. But like now you what you're do. saying, I'm really connecting to like, yeah, I'm ready for that <clears throat> season of um, just kind of making a decision and not necessarily like caring about results, but choosing the action before the, the action motivation. Before motivation.
1: <laughs> Look at you changing lives. <laughs> well, and I also think that it's the sense of stagnancy that I don't like that in any aspect so whether it's you know physically going to the gym or a relationship that I'm in um like I said recently I got out of a relationship and something that I notice when relationships seem to be reaching the end of their season Mm -hmm. is that things start to go stagnant and it's our conversations go flat Mm -hmm. and our activities go flat and it's you know, noticing that I'm not spending quality time anymore with this person that I care about. We are just together to Mm -hmm. be together. And I could sit on the couch and watch TV alone. It's not enriching my relationship with another person. And so Mm -hmm. that always is an indicator for me, at least when things are maybe going south, when everything kind of seems to stand still, it's not really ever a sign of a good thing for me.
0: Yeah. So thinking about some of these decisive actions that you've taken. Can you think back to a time that you first became aware of like, you know what? I have agency here and I can make a choice to like, I don't, I think that's maybe too complicated of a word because maybe you were, maybe it was younger ages, even when agency and choice wouldn't have been language to use. But when did you start to think, Ooh, I want to build something different. Build something better. I want to feel more connected. Or something so like that.
1: I don't know that I have a memory of like the first thought that I had. You know, the first time I was thinking, "Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, what is the foundation I'm building my life upon? What is it that I want to create?" Um, but I don't have that, you know, cognizant memory. Um, but I do know since I was a child relationships and relationship maintenance Mm. and basically having lots of friends has Mm. always been something important to me and sometimes to my detriment because I am also a fall-in-love girl and want everyone, you know, like a golden retriever. So (laughs) normal people might meet you and feel you out and then decide if you're going to have a relationship and I'm pretty much like, hi, nice to meet you, I love you so much and let's be friends forever. And that definitely has bitten me in the ass a few times. I am grateful that I still see things that way, but, um, you know, that's also as as hard as it can be to maintain relationships, it can be just as hard to let go of the ones that aren't serving
0: you. And Mm. so that is something that I have learned. But, um, and that's like a decisive when, when you have to muster the courage to move beyond a relationship or to shut one down. It's hard. It's hard. But I think that that is one of the most clear cut moves towards flourishing Mm -hmm. existing because to choose something hard for the sake of your own like mental or emotional Mm well-being is mm -hmm.
1: yeah I think that as a serial extrovert I have always felt happiest and most myself when I'm surrounded by the people I love. And when I can pour my love into the people around me that I think are special. And when I can introduce people that I love to other people that I love, because Mm -hmm. by the transitive property, they're basically already friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And these are the kind of things that I feed off of this, this love from others. But I think that even having the privilege to be the person that gets to introduce people or make other people feel good has always fed me and kept me going in a way that ever since I was little
0: yeah I feel like that's how we met because Mm -hmm. having a mutual friend we're both that way so (laughs) we just saw that tiny little Mm -hmm. blink of a connection we're like oh we'll just make it happen Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and we did and that's I mean if you surround yourself with good people that was something I'm going off on my own tangent now but I love introducing the people I love to the other people that I love. And I think that building a better, stronger, happier community in my life has only been a positive, but I have also experienced these kind of interactions making my more introverted friends nervous and something that I have found myself saying kind of as um, an act of reassurance if I'm bringing someone to a social situation that they aren't comfortable with or meeting new people or maybe crowds aren't their thing. Um, I realized a few months ago I don't have any bad friends. And that's Mm. what I tell people. (laughs) You don't have to worry because I don't have bad friends. And I would never bring someone I cared about into a situation where they wouldn't immediately be taken in with the love and grace and understanding that I extend to the people around me and that's what I expect from everyone else that gets to participate. So Mm -hmm. I know I'm (laughs) on my tangent now.
0: I don't know. I brought us off topic. But no, I think that that's so true too because what contributes to you feeling the most settled in who you are and the most connected to yourself, it sounds like, is helping create these connections, helping to see these like social gears be greased
1: appropriately. Fostering a space for other people to feel like they can be the most themselves brings me so much happiness. And that sounds like such a corny line, but really I think that I have made myself open enough that people feel safe around me and Mm -hmm. that in turn makes me feel safe with them and this kind of mutual vulnerability has been a really beautiful thing to create relationships on and that's different from trauma bonding. We're not (laughs) looking for trauma bonding here but I am already off the bat willing to be my weirdest, loudest, silliest person in my silliest self in front of you. And I don't expect you to do the same, but I welcome
0: it. And Mm -hmm. that's what makes me feel fulfilled. Well, I think it is such an inviting posture because you, you show up in spaces, create, like you said, creating the space for people to be their real selves. And I feel like I've said this to you before, but like, I remember our friend talking about you know, co-workers and friends and like talking about your friendship and, and me thinking like, oh, I don't know. I just don't know if I can like, I don't know if I have room for like another friend in my life. Mm-hmm. And I also don't know if I believe that is like, I don't know if I trust your judgment, mm-hmm. you know? And then like the first time we interacted, I think that's something that I also enjoy. And so I could recognize it immediately. Mm-hmm. Your ability to show up honestly in a space and, and not feel like you need to to perform something mm. different than you are. And to me, I'm o- I am only have space for authentic friends, right? Mm. Like, and so it was very quick to me to see like, oh, yeah, this person is like, they clearly want the best. They're showing up as their best self Didn't or their most honest that. self, mm. you know? So I don't know, I got lost in my own words too. That's but.
1: very kind, no. I think that's why we clicked so quickly because mm-hmm. we both had that and we saw that in each other and recognized mm-hmm. that we're like, I think I'm going to keep you. I think
0: that you're real and I like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of to circle back to the question that I asked you, I, I think what I got from your answer is that for a lot of your life, this has been kind of at the forefront of mind of like pursuing these things, pursuing mm-hmm. growth, mm-hmm. pursuing depth. Mm -hmm. and how to create space for that. I
1: think, and now, the most recent shift, something that snapped in my mind for the first time in this 27 years Mm -hmm. that I've been alive is this year, to put it frankly, this is the year of Alana, Mm -hmm. and I have said that for the last four, but I mean it this time. And kind of the mantra going forward this year is I'm the shit, and... No one else gets to treat me otherwise. I think I had kind of a light bulb moment where I realized it was a hard realization, but the last few relationships I've been in and the last few partners I have have not treated me the way that I felt I should be treated in a romantic relationship. And frankly, I allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of renewed confidence, it's coming out of, if anything else, necessity. Because yeah. something flipped and I'm like, I, I won't live this way anymore. I'm not going to cherish and put energy into these relationships where I'm being taken for granted. And they say you got to fake it until you make it. And so I decided 27 might as well be the year. But for me, flourishing this year is going to be putting myself first, making people earn the right to get close to me, to know all my secrets.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm wondering too, like, is there, to me, that seems like a perspective shift in that you already described how you show up as someone like the girl that falls in love the girl Mm -hmm. that like you just show up in this space like I am ready to give my energy my love my attention to people here where are you Mm -hmm. and like this seems like a shift in that it's not it it is a free gift but the spaces that it's free to are maybe limited in some ways or or you can be moved to the side of of the space that gets yeah, to experience. The bar that.
1: has raised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the bar was in hell. Right. <laughs> and something that my mom has said to me is that not just in romantic relationships, but in general, I I love to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Because also if I keep making excuses for people maybe for behavior that isn't great or for the way that they're treating me or whatever, if I can make excuses for this or try to find a deeper meaning, then I also can postpone cutting that relationship off. Mm. And I'm kind of, it's like an out for me too. And Mm -hmm. so what my mom always says to me is that it's not that I don't notice red flags. I see them and then I choose to ignore them. Mm. And she's right. And so this is kind of something now where, you know, I can meet you and you can be perfectly great. And then if something pops up that maybe I don't love doesn't mean we never have to speak again Mm -hmm. it also doesn't mean I have to stake the rest of my happiness on you Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I have to plan my future around you or that you're the love of my life Mm -hmm. and I think that I'm I'm a very black and white thinker so learning to exist in this gray where I'm not a bad person if I don't give everyone 100% of me all the time and I also don't want to get hardened and cold and put up walls I like that I'm open but 2023, you guys got to earn it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's such a good shift too. And, you know, there's a lot of different seasons of life where people could give you feedback on that, that I think their perspective would be negative, right? Like, like, oh my gosh, but that's so selfish or oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. this or that. But I think that what's so beautiful about what you're saying is there's there are seasons for everything
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the season that you've been in is necessitating the season you're about to go into 100%. and it won't necessarily be the season forever, but self care and putting yourself in that place of needing to actually look at the red flags that come up, mm-hmm. actually reserve parts of yourself for only the people you trust the most. That is a protection that needs to happen sometimes in response to hurt that you've experienced Mm -hmm. or places you've felt too vulnerable. Self-care. I like that you said that because it is self-care. It is
1: prioritizing the relationships that serve me and the mutual love that's there. I, you know, I recently ended a friendship. I mean, it was like we kind of both quiet quit the friendship. Mm -hmm. I don't even know (laughs) if you could say that, but we're both avoidant personality types, but You know, I had a couple thoughts over the last few weeks, like, maybe I should reach out. I'm really missing this person. But then I sat and thought about it and, okay, so what do I gain from maintaining this relationship? And I realized that this past almost year of us not being friends has not impacted me in any way. Like, it's basically like we are still friends. Realizing that nothing shifted. Wow. This is just not a relationship, you know? It doesn't mean that they're a bad person or I'm a bad person, but... Yeah, we don't need to kill
0: ourselves anymore.
1: Well, like know? you said,
0: situations like that—they don't. It doesn't deserve a hundred percent of your attention when mm-hmm. their presence or not feels the same. Exactly, quality
1: over quantity. Mm-hmm. I think I thought growing up, I've always just had my my support system, my people, kind of my wall of armor. Like there's always someone to turn to, and I think that by amassing these lovely groups of people that I've been lucky enough to have, I have also made it so easy to avoid any kind of introspection, any kind of internal dialogue, because I haven't had to sit and think about what I need or what I want for so long because it's so easy. I have so many people that I can turn to and they'll just tell me what to do. Mm. And for a long time, that was my Mm self-care, kind of passing the buck and letting people that I thought were wiser and smarter or more experienced or whatever and then realize like they don't know and it's probably not going to help me unless I just listen to what I actually need yeah. and pay attention to what my brain and my body are trying to tell me. And so this is how I'm going to try to flourish now. Quality over quantity, listening to myself, trusting myself. I feel like so many, I stopped trusting myself after being in a number of relationships that didn't go the way I thought they would. Mm. And I thought I had lost my ability to judge character. And I felt tricked and I felt stupid. And, you know, you have enough failed relationships or friendships like that. It kind of makes you think you're the problem. And well, yeah. am I just being bamboozled? Does everyone know something I don't? Am I just dumb and too open? But um, I'm taking my agency back and I
0: want to be able to trust myself. I got myself this far. Yeah. You know? And I feel like self-trust is such an important thing to foster. I talk to so many clients about what does it even mean to develop awareness of what our guts are saying, Mm -hmm. what our brains are saying, because unless you work at learning the language of what your body's telling you, it can really disappear into the air. Mm -hmm. And so even just moving into that intentional space of, okay, I, I mean, knowing you, I feel like you you can hear the language you just haven't always been in a space to want to value what it was telling you Mm -hmm. and it sounds like what you're saying is this is the year that that i prioritize what it's saying
1: yeah well and that's how it comes out you know if i don't if i ignore the mental and the emotional it comes out in the physical Mm. and that's why again i told you Um, earlier that I had just kind of a breakdown the other day and it I couldn't tell you what exactly triggered it but it was all the things I've been trying not to feel and my body said you better clear your schedule because it's all coming Mm -hmm. right now and that feeling of I'm crying and I don't even know why I'm crying but my body clearly needed that release and I felt better but Mm -hmm. it sucks you don't ever want to think that you need to bring you know bring yourself to the brink of meltdown Mm -hmm. but I wasn't listening and that's what happened
0: I literally had shingles a couple weeks ago for Mm -hmm. the same reason like Mm -hmm. you can't ignore these important things because your body does show and feel and have the outworkings of that like trapped up stress. everything in there for us yeah she's
1: doing her best but can't carry everything you know Nobody can carry everything. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which I, which is why too, I think that like breakdown, quote unquote, whatever that looks like for anybody, like that's never fun, but it's also such a catharsis. Like getting, yeah. getting the tears moving, getting the emotions moving, letting yourself actually recognize what your body's saying it and was a validate reset. it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, I needed that cry. Yeah, even the moment. I was like, I don't know how to stop it. <laughs> or mm-hmm. or, but I know that I need this to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. And here I am. I'm okay, but mm-hmm. you know, you can't ignore it. And it speaks to, you know, you mentioned moving, ending a relationship, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like this is a transitory period. Yes, it would it would be unlikely for you not to have emotional impact from that much transitional time. Change is really hard. It's so hard. And really scary. And it's so
1: interesting because the things that scare me about change feel so trivial. Like I'm not worried about the actual logistics of moving. I'm not worried about making a community. I know that where I'll go, I'll be able to find that and establish these relationships. But it's just, again, this feeling of being unsettled, being, I don't, it's the, un, it's the not knowing. Yeah, It's the knowing where I want to be, but not knowing how exactly I'm going to get there. That is terrifying. Yeah. And I know nobody, I mean, I don't know. I can't say nobody. I guess there are some people that thrive off of change and
0: chaos, but. Well, you know, I was literally just thinking, as you said that, I've talked to three people so far. You're the third, the theme, which mm-hmm. I, I didn't know at all to expect is, um flourishing feels like stability and change feels scary well I think that makes sense based on the last few years all that (laughs) you
1: know we're like oh wow can't believe we're all feeling the same way oh wait you know like we've all been feeling like you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow and less extreme or more extreme in some people's cases and luckily you know I never worried about dying or but people get sick you worried about your family members, your friends, your jobs, your pets, your home paying rent, like Mm -hmm. we've all been facing blow after blow after blow that, oh my God, of course, what we all want is just something to stop, something Mm -hmm. to stay as it is and feel normal and feel okay Mm -hmm. and not have to worry that tomorrow we're going to find out that this thing is also bad for us or, you know, that it kind of just feels like this barrage of bad surprises. Yeah.
0: So it makes sense a little. I've never thought I would be someone that craved predictability, but oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And how important to name these things, right? Because I think that's something that I see in a lot of clients, oops, a lot of clients and friends is, you know, after 2020 was over, the self-expectation shot right back up to normal level. Mm -hmm. Why am I feeling this way? It's... What's going on with me? Why, why don't I feel normal? And looking back, you think about 2021 and you're like, it took half the year for anyone to get a vaccine. Like, mm-hmm. of course no one felt normal, but but the expectation of self was such like- Snap back and do yeah, it. Full, mm-hmm. Be full functioning again. Mm-hmm. Everything you know about life
1: as it exists has changed for the worse, mm-hmm. but go back to how you were. Mm-hmm. Just be normal. Everything's fine.
0: And I saw this meme yesterday and it said- People are reporting signs of trauma connected As to the pandemic or something. And there was a snarky response that said, oh, weird. I wonder if it was the trauma that caused that. <laughs> I'm like, that's so true, right? We we just ignore it communally. But I think individually we can see, oh, shit. Well, <laughs> but really...
1: it's a fine line, though, because, again – a person can only carry so much. Mm -hmm. So it's this fine line of picking what to to pay attention to and what to ignore and what we even have the capacity to carry on any given day. And so uh, communally ignoring this global shared trauma is not the best solution, but also if we pay attention to every single thing that has traumatized us in the last few years, nobody would be able to leave the house, you know? So... I think that a lot of the sense of community that we've had to work for more than we ever had to before has been reignited and people are more consciously reaching their hand out to others in ways that they may have never, oh, it's going to make me cry because this is, that is what is the most meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. And that living in St. Louis, especially this city has a sense of community unlike anything I've ever experienced, especially in times like this. And so It's a really morbid but
0: really beautiful reminder that we still need each other. Yeah. And I think another through line of, you know, what we just talked about with COVID, but also what we were talking about earlier in the year of Alana, right, is finding the permission, Mm -hmm. you know, with this COVID discussion, like, how do you find the permission to like feel the thing you're actually feeling and not try to make it something else? Mm -hmm. And in the year of Alana, how do you let yourself really recognize red flags when they come up? How do you give yourself permission to like experience the real thing? You're experiencing it and not try to make it something else. I think a lot of, uh,
1: internal tough love. A lot of, I know that it's really easy to ignore this thing or, you might just be happier if you pretend this doesn't exist mm. but in the long run historically my track record i'm over for 20. so i think that that's why i think that i finally had enough opportunities to look at something and say hey i don't think this is right or this doesn't feel good or I don't think I'm being treated the way I should be and ignoring it Mm -hmm. and letting it go on and on until I finally get to the end of it and everyone around me is like, what are you doing? We all could have told you. We have all been watching this, but it doesn't matter what anybody says. It has to – I have to have that own realization. I'm the only person that can pull myself out of whatever I've gotten myself into. And I think that just trusting my gut and knowing that once again, like – I clearly have done something right along the way. Mm -hmm. And if I've gotten myself this far, I must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. And so kind of allowing myself this trust that I feel like has been, I've been stripping away from myself and others have kind of stripped from me, but I hold responsibility in the way that I allow others to make me feel. But you know, and also I'm faking it, (laughs) right? I'm faking it until I make it. And I'm told that eventually confidence just becomes real. If you just fake it long enough, it just becomes second nature. And so I'm going to have to trust some of my instincts and they're all not going to be amazing for sure. But at least it was my decision. Yeah. And everything that happens from here on out is because I wanted it to or thought I wanted it to. And at least it feels better to be in control in that way. Yeah. Like life's not just happening to me.
0: Yeah. That you have points of decision along the way that can be exit ramps if you need them to be right. from any choice you've made
1: right. and I'm an active participant in the relationships I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm not this silenced suffering, I have the agency, I have and even though I've had situations where, especially in relationships um, being gay is hard you guys <laughs> <laughs> especially in situations where I feel like I can't but most of the time if I'm in a toxic relationship or I'm in a situation where I need to leave the I can't never has to do with me it always Mm. has to do with what will my exit do to the other person Mm. and that's what keeps me there and the thing is they were doing just fine before they met me and they will do just fine when I'm gone yeah but myself I'm the one I'm gonna have to be with forever right and that has to take priority
0: yeah that's So. so important
1: the year of lawn
0: yeah it's happening mm-hmm. started with lanica
1: uh-huh. <laughs> started with lanica my yearly hanukkah party and started on a high note any any uh any what are we calling this season that begins with fried potatoes i feel like we're on the it's up and up it's gonna be a good season yeah, yeah.
0: for sure <laughs> i'm curious you know we've talked about so many different realms of wellness for you You've mentioned physical, we've talked about emotional and which I kind of feel like overlaps with intellectual Mm -hmm. for you, the way that you engage with relationships and emotions is also an intellectual exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, Social, all of this, is there a spiritual level to that? Not religious per se, but Mm -hmm. like, how does your spirit get hit by these things? How do you care for that? internal space? I mean, it's it's sort of wrapped up in what we've been talking mm-hmm. about, but is there more? They're all intertwined. I think that
1: spiritually, again, I'm not a very religious person. I still identify as Jewish and I was raised that way and bought mitzvahd and did the whole thing. But um, something that my mom always taught us as kids, which I think, like we said, it all ties back and maybe this has to do with my historic love of everyone i encounter but <laughs> something that my mom used to always tell us she's a yogi she also practices buddhism we used to jokingly call her a buju because she's kind of <laughs> dipped into a little bit of all of us. but one of the things like at the end of a yoga class well we're learning more about cultural appropriation so we don't say it at the end of yoga class anymore but mm-hmm. the phrase namaste mm-hmm. essentially means the light in me honors and respects the light in you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this belief. And so when we were younger, my mom was raised Catholic for a buju She's all over the map, mm-hmm. but she used to kind of say for her, that looks like God. And my mom is not super religious, but she does believe in kind of a higher power. And mm-hmm. so in the same realm of namaste, in the same realm of us all having that light, she used to say, every person you meet has a little bit of God inside of them. Mm-hmm. And, whether you can't see it on the on the surface or you know they're they're harsh or mean or maybe not might not seem that great. everybody's somewhere we all have that in common that mm-hmm. is what links us all together that we all have this little and I don't personally believe in God but I I resonate more with the, the yogi yeah. kind of mantra this light but I do believe that everybody carries this light and that is what I think gives me hope with people and even people that, might be shitty sometimes you know I think that everybody's got that good to offer and so that's kind of where the spirituality comes in and I try not to let it overpower like my common sense right but you know I think that there is something that is connecting all of us whether it's just like a shared humanity or the fact that whether we want to admit it or not we need each other yeah um and for me connecting to nature is a very spiritual experience and so yeah. kind of reminding us you know what grounds us and going back to the earth and that's why I love yoga so much too you're you're connecting your roots to the earth and mm. I don't know kind of creating this foundation like it, it all connects everything so I guess with my spirituality yeah it just comes back to again this relationships it always yeah. ties back to the people I never realized until we I mean I knew I was an extrovert but so many of the ways I live my life are tied back to the way I interact with those around me.
0: Yeah. Which is exactly how I function as well, although I'm a complete introvert. Mm -hmm. So I think that it doesn't, it doesn't matter so much whether it drains us a bit or gives us energy, but like when we so deeply value that intersection between people and what can occur there and, and even how all these other parts of our, bodies and selves and spirits are intertwined mm-hmm. with other people mm-hmm. do you it's feel still like feeling
1: sorry do you no. feel like so I feel like I've been saying a lot that I that I feed off of others do you feel similarly do you feel like you feed off of or is mm. it more like are informed by or are like what is that what does your connection look like in that way
0: because
1: mm. you are a very connected social person for being an introvert
0: yeah, I think that for me it is the the depths mm. of people that I connect with. I don't like groups very much. Like mm. sometimes mm-hmm. it can feed different parts of me, but like I love to be home alone. Mm-hmm. However, if I'm not at least having some level of a deep conversation over text mm-hmm. with someone at some point that day, mm-hmm. I'm gonna feel unmoored. Mm -hmm. So it is like an anchor in some sense to, to touch with someone else in that like deep heartfelt space. Mm -hmm. And it does feel like it feeds me. The social energy that drains me, I think is like the in, in person, like I just have to have a space in my own brain. Ty and I call it mind space. Okay. We just need a mind space day. Yeah. By ourselves in our own heads, whatever. That makes sense. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of my in- more introverted friends are like that. So it's very similar, but mm-hmm. just like – and even maybe a similar impact on us. Mm-hmm. But the method is a little
1: different. The bit. method is different. Yeah, execution varies. But, yeah. you know, um, until I was in college, I, like, didn't really ever have alone time. I don't think I ever intentionally had alone time until – I mean, maybe I was 22. Mm. I didn't think I needed it. I never considered it could be something that was impacting why I felt so anxious and depressed all the time. Mm. I would get bored. I would feel lonely and weird and FOMO, Mm. always just wondering what's going on. And, you know, but then realizing as I got older that if I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm not in the right space... Going out and going to a party isn't going to be fun. Going out and doing these things that I love to do are not going to be the same way, enjoyable in the same way as if I had, if the headspace was there. Yeah. But I just never wanted to spend any time alone.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's still hard now, but it's hard to separate being alone from being lonely for me. hmm But now... I love it. And especially with all my friends that are, we got a lot of mentally ill girlies and a lot of friends that work in the social space. Um, mm-hmm. everybody understands just saying, I do not have the capacity for this today. Yep. Luckily <laughs> of all the things I've done, I have at least gathered a crew that understands mental illness. And mm-hmm. so having people that allow me to have that space as well, is just as important and know that I don't have to worry that someone's getting upset that I'm not there or, yeah. you know,
0: you know, I too, I think too. It's it's not even that it's specifically about mental illness, right? Mm. But it's about surrounding yourself with people who allow you to be self responsive. Yeah, because you can have needs without that meaning illness. Gosh, okay, <laughs> that's right. Like, I'm I'm not saying that you. No, I no, I have, <laughs> but, I was equating
1: them. You're hundred percent. But I think
0: right. that like there is a there is a trend right now that like showing your needs or being responsive to your needs means you're mentally ill or neurodivergent mm-hmm. or something. And I and and those things can also be true, but it's good to be responsive to our mm-hmm. needs. They're not it's usually good exclusive. It's to learn them and to have language for them and to make space for needing to adapt your schedule just to respond to what your day calls for. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that uh, the reason that I got so excited about that is because I think I just had a real-life light bulb moment where truly at this point where I have felt like, in order to, quote, unquote, earn this space, it almost has to be to the point of illness, mm-hmm. to the point of breakdown, to the point of, I don't ever, those times when I'm reaching out to people and saying, hey, I just don't have the space for this today. I need to hang back. I need to take care of myself is because I have reached that point of no return. Yeah, And man, I should be taking notes. But I think <laughs> that, you know, having the awareness to know that, alone time and these moments for self-care self-reflection or or just to like sit and breathe for me should be more interspersed in my regular life and that not just as our last result when everything feels like it's hit the wall you know
0: but like with yoga or mindfulness or anything I feel like these types of muscle building Mm -hmm. it's practice Mm -hmm. and you're moving into a space of learning that practice for yourself you're not someone that has been practicing that intentionally for a long mm. time. And so I, I would expect maybe at the end of your year of Alana, you might have different muscles to move through that space. Yeah. With, right. Oh, I hope you're right. I think that up until
1: now, and of course I have need to preface or want to preface with, I am by no means suffering. I live a very happy life wonderful life i am supported and surrounded by really lovely fun creative encouraging dope ass individuals like i i don't have a lot of complaints but i think that for the last however many years for the last 10 years into my adulthood um i placed all my value on my ability to be a space for others and to uplift Mm -hmm. others and to be there for them and recognize that everyone I'm around is amazing so why wouldn't I want to pour everything mm-hmm. into them to let make them feel how amazing they are that I see that and now for the first time I'm realizing it is equally as important to turn that on myself mm-hmm. and so it's not just my only the only thing I bring to the table isn't being a good friend to others but taking care of myself and allows in a way that allows me to also f- flourish yeah is equally as important and that is a brand new
0: realization And, you know, I think that the, this kind of analogy is a little overused and, and maybe I even still have thinking I want to do about like how deeply I agree. Mm -hmm. But I think that there are at least kernels of truth in, in the statement, like you can't nourish people when you are malnourished yourself. Absolutely. Right. And so like, like that whole empty cup, you can't pour Mm -hmm. from the empty cup kind Mm -hmm. of metaphor. And I think that There's probably some critique to give to that, Mm -hmm. but the truth of that part is whether that's finding people who pour into you as much as you pour into them Mm -hmm. or taking the set apart time to pour into yourself as you're pouring into others, somehow you have to be nourishing yourself along the way too. Right. And I think that that's what the whole conversation is about with flourishing is how do I keep digging the well deep for myself mm-hmm. while I exist in the world the way I want to?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't mean that, well, I was going to say it doesn't have to be
1: mean that there's less of myself for others, but actually it might. it might. Actually, I think that that was, I don't know why I always felt like if I wasn't giving a hundred percent of myself, then I was doing something wrong, but you have to have that space. Mm-hmm. And it's, I wanted to ask you, um, it kind of makes me think of the the flower, Um, gardener metaphor. Have you ever heard that? How like people will say in relationships, there's the gardeners and there's the flowers and the gardeners are the ones that nourish and that water the flower and provide the love and the light and the nutrients for the flower to sprout. And the flower is the recipient. And I've always felt like a gardener, but the more I think about it, I think it's kind of bullshit. Mm. And I think that the, the true, beauty or importance or balance of it is being both yeah. because if you can give and give and give like I like to do and then can't receive and can't take it whether it's from other people or yourself what good are you yeah like you said you can't pour from an empty cup you can try but then
0: there might be seasons of that but that can't be permanent
1: then you're just pouring cups of empty air into the next person's cup and no one's yeah no well, one's and I, and I
0: think too the outworking of what you were saying earlier about not giving only a hundred percent talking about a previous, you know, previous relationships. I think what's true also is that you need to be building. I'm going to overuse the metaphor. You need to be building a garden with someone who will be a gardener in a different way than you will. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Like in my closest friendships, (laughs) we garden in super different ways mm-hmm. and sometimes looking at the ways that they garden is unrecognizable to me
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I think am I the only one doing this but I think when you can when you're being intentional about who you're gardening alongside in your life mm-hmm. you you spend the time to look at how are they watering this mm-hmm. how are they putting food on these plants too and I might need reminded sometimes that that's a yeah. valid way as well to garden, they right? Can
1: influence. <laughs> right. A hundred percent. Because just because what we're doing is what we've been doing for our whole lives doesn't necessarily mean that we're gardening the best way that we could be for ourselves or for anyone. It's just the Or the, the only thing. way at least. It's just that we know, yeah. you know, and I think learning from others and that's how I learned about self-care, listening to and watching other people do it. Mm-hmm. My mom, is the queen of taking time for herself. What did you call it, mind space? Mm-hmm. Mind space days. She is, when I was in high school, I used to always want her to make plans with my high school friends' parents because all my whole friend group was a group of kids that were born in the same hometown and we moved around a lot so I didn't have these like lifelong friendships. I didn't have like the friend groups that all barbecue together and I was like, mom, go make friends with my parents' friends. Yeah. And I won't say no. I talk to people all day. I don't want any more friends. Like, I want to go lay down, listen to my book on tape. Nobody talk to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would never got it. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man, she probably would have gone crazy if she didn't take that time for herself. You know?
0: I'm glad that she, like, knew that about herself and also modeled that that was okay. A mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. To wrap up, we're, we're nearing the end. But I wanted to ask you, you know, thinking back to that younger version of yourself. Like, I don't know, it's different because you don't maybe have a time in mind specifically when you weren't pursuing Mm -hmm. some kind of growth. But like, as you think back to younger you, younger, um, and maybe less experienced you in in this pursuit of how do I grow? How do I flourish? How do I build? Mm -hmm. What would you say, what kind of words of advice or like what would you say about flourishing to that version of you I think that
1: first I would have to tell little Lon everything you think you know you don't Mm -hmm. be prepared to learn that you're wrong and adapt I am very hard-headed sometimes and when things don't work I I'm not always the best at changing gears. Um, Sometimes I'll just pound it, beat that dead horse over and over and over and look around wondering why things aren't working out the way I want them to. Mm. And so I think I would tell younger me, be open to change, um, but also your self-worth is not determined by the number of people that like you. Mm. And what you're going to come to realize is that the most important thing is how much you like yourself. And I hope for... Little lon and Big Lawn, we both take that with us. To keep believing that more and more. To keep believing that because I'm fucking great. <laughs> yeah. And I would love to talk to you again in a year and mean that with my whole chest. Yeah. So.
0: Okay. See you next February. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Next Valentine's perfect. Day. We'll see how much you've been loving yourself for oh, a year. Oh, gosh.
1: I hope I'm fabulous by then.
0: You're fabulous now.
1: Oh be- Yes, you're right. <laughs> Oh, Jill! Thank you so much. Thank you. You are so lovely. Thanks
0: for spending an hour with me.
1: Talking with you always makes me feel like a recharge. Like I just had like McDonald's Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: of a zip yeah. Up. yeah.
1: You shocked me back
0: away. You're the same. I feel like we have the the sparkling chemistry mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. being in the same headspace mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So, hundred yeah. percent. <sighs> Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you for helping to form this podcast space thank you for being you and for creating a space
1: for this even happen i'm so so excited to listen and to see where this goes i am
0: too Ah, it's a mystery ah all right thanks everybody